And uh, folks, joining us right now is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Good afternoon and happy new year to our friend Tim Dodd. Thanks, John. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Tim, I know that uh, kind of catching you on the fly and it's developing, but um, I want to just, if you could walk us through some of the the legal elements that uh, happened today in court with this Amos Segura charged with, he was the one, crashed his vehicle into Olivia Passaretti. If we could just start with, they set bail, Tim, at 250000 and then the public defender, if I got this right, she said we, we're gonna, they were going to hold him anyway as a bail violator. So um, they, they didn't address the 250000 bail, but instead it was almost like they accepted he would be held on that he had been a bail um that he had, you know, a parole violator and so forth. Is that, is that, do I, how did that, you know, the way I describe it, is that what went down today? That's basically the way it went down. There's two elements that he was in front of a judge on. Number one, to face the new charges um, resulting from this dreadful um, incident on Route 95. So he has been charged with a number of um, uh, things leaving the scene of an accident, death resulting obstruction um, and a number of other charges. Um, collectively, it's clearly a jail case. Um, you know, in, in a plea bargain situation, it would require him doing significant time. Um, the second component, and before I jump ahead, so on the new charges, the judge set bail at $250,000 with surety meaning the guy would have to come up with $25,000 out of his pocket or work with a bail bondsman if he had the the means to do so. But he can't get out even if he had the $25,000 in his pocket because he is a violator of the terms of his probation or his parole. I don't know how much time he caught on the violation or if he's admitted to the violation. Typically, he would be held at the intake service center until a violation hearing can be scheduled. And with COVID, and before COVID, it used to be you'd get your hearing within 10 days. Now it can take two or three or more weeks before he will get a hearing. At that hearing, he may choose to present evidence or he may choose to negotiate something saying, okay, you know, I'll agree to a year on the violation. I'll agree to six months on the violation. That would only be to address his violation of the un- of the charges that he had previously pled to. So he's running a, on two different tracks here. One, he's in trouble for violating the terms of his release on old charges. And two, he's on a separate track facing the music for all the criminal charges resulting from this um, um, auto incident, which led to the death of the young girl from East Greenwich, tragically. So, Tim, the, the, what the state police put out on a Sunday was leaving the scene of an accident resulting in death, driving yeah. to endanger, obstruction of justice, and operating on a suspended license. Now, um, he posted on Facebook, and a lot of people are asking about this. He posted on Facebook that that day, on New Year's Eve, that he was going to get drunk and maybe ram his Mercedes Benz into someone. And the way the police described this, Tim, they, they described it today in court in a manner almost that he intentionally 
ran his vehicle into her. It was it was not like lost control. This wasn't a race. This wasn't a dispute in some kind. Could could everyone keeps asking, could this lead to people are asking me, isn't that premeditated? He posted he was going to get drunk and ram his Mercedes. He had a Benz into someone. Um, so people are asking, how is this not premeditated or possibly a manslaughter charge? Well, th- th- these charges can certainly be amended. The charges can okay. be added. It could be up to a manslaughter charge. This is the initial charge that's going to keep him in jail and the charges for which the court was considering bail. Yep. As this case proceeds, he could certainly find additional charges added on. So let's, by the way, what you have on your Facebook with all of this guy's um, Facebook material, you've got better reporting than what I've seen, like in the Projo and other sources. They haven't printed all this material. You've got this material, which really tells the tale about this guy's frame of mind. Um, Let's talk first about intoxication. There's no evidence that he was intoxicated. That's probably, if he's smart, and this is all speculative. He's a guy who's been through the system more than once. Assume he was, uh, for the sake of discussion, intoxicated when this um, incident occurred. He runs away. He, He doesn't turn himself in, but the cops get him the next morning. By then, if he or any similarly situated defendant... Um, is picked up the next day. Now, the alcohol is not going to be in their system. Had he stopped at the scene, yep. arguably, and had he been found to be intoxicated, you know, he's looking at 12 to 15 years in jail if convicted or even in a plea bargain. Um, he left the scene with uh, death resulting. That's also a jail case, but not nearly as um, potentially significant in terms of time to serve. Um, as it would be if it was um, driving to endanger while intoxicated, death resulting. That's a much more serious charge. I'm not saying that's why he ran away, but if he ran away because he might have been intoxicated, he dodged one of the many bullets that are still coming his way. As far as the premeditation, you know, words mean what people want them to mean. And if there's nothing more than that Facebook post, um, I'm not sure that would be enough to um, convict him. That might have been a general sentiment a day before when he said it, but we don't really know what the, I mean, I think I know what happened. I think you know what happened, but there's a difference between what we think we know and what we can prove in court. Right. I think it would be a difficult um, task to prove premeditation. Um, You might get an involuntary manslaughter. You might get manslaughter. But I don't think there's sufficient evidence based upon what we know today to get the premeditation element. Tim, in court, and again, folks, we speak with our legal expert, Tim Dodd, about the Olivia Passaretti, the the accused, this uh, Ramis Segura was in court today, he's being held. Tim, the police did mention, I think there was a, a, an odor of, um, you know, cannabis in the vehicle, and I think they said they found at least three empty Coronas. Uh, I'm not sure if he admitted to them that he had been drinking and smoking, but so does that in any way... There's, you know, some empty, I think I know the answer to this, but what about just, you know, because people are saying, yeah, but, the, you know, it, the car reeked of weed and there was some empty, 
booze, you know, some empty containers. I, I mean, I'll let you answer. I think I kind of unfortunately know the answer to this, but. Who consumed the beers that were right. empty? I mean, did he have a passenger? Were they from three weeks ago? Yeah. How long had they been there? Right. Uh, had he consumed them within a sufficient window of time that they right. could have given him a high enough blood alcohol level to be driving while impaired? Um, the same would be true as to the marijuana. I mean, I guess if, I mean, I've rented vehicles in other states. You get out of the airport, you get into the rental car from any of the major um, vendors, and many times the car smells like pot yep. because people are smoking pot in cars all the time. If I got pulled over, the car would smell a pot. That wouldn't mean that I was the person you know, in, in inhaling the pot. I right. just was in a vehicle that smells of it. He could have smoked pot copious amounts two days before. Again, I think I know what the answer is. You think you know what the answer is, but proving it in court is right. an entirely different operation. Tim Dodd, what about, uh, it was revealed today. So it's kind of interesting how the, the plates he had on the Benz didn't match what, you know, should have been on the Mercedes, which is common where people just take some license plates, throw them on. The car, when the police were going through it, uh, belonged to the person that they bought it from in Lincoln. So this... The girlfriend who lives in Charlestown, uh, and again, I, I have her up on the website. Uh, I pulled her information. Alicia Peckham, she shows up at the scene, and she's talking with the police, and she's saying, oh, I, I think my boyfriend was in an accident, and then and then leaves. Well, they, sh- they go to the, the, the person in Lincoln who the Benz is registered to, the Mercedes. The guy shows them a bill of sale. That he sold the Mercedes to Segura's girlfriend, this Alicia Peckham. They show up at her home in Charlestown. She says, I haven't seen him. This is on New Year's Day. I haven't seen him for two weeks. They search the house and he's hiding under a bed. Could she end up being in trouble? For that. Yes, she could. Yeah, sure. Yes. She could be an accessory after the fact. There's criminal charges coming her way, too, for sure. Would, would they, because um, this, this guy, as you say, you know, Tim, he's been in trouble like his whole life, certainly since he was 18, but even before then. Um, people don't like it, but by him leaving, then they couldn't give him the blood tests and breathalyzer and everything else. But, um, Tim, do you get the sense? Nerona's, you know, let's call it what it is. Peter Nerona released a statement last night, doesn't always do that. Um, a lot of people are watching this case. It's a high profile. This poor 17-year-old girl, this maniac, rams his car into her, runs her off the highway, uh, kills her. He flees the scene. Do, is this something like, Tim Dodd, take us through, do they go to a grand jury? Like, could there be a number of different charges that just they haven't presented yet, but they... They could just drop like a boatload on this guy. Yes, and I expect that will happen. And John, both on this matter where he caused the accident which killed the young lady, he's looking at significant jail time. And he's got so much over his head right now with previous charges. I mean, he could wind up catching, I'm just speculating, a year or two or three, maybe more, maybe less, on all the violations. I mean, from Peter Peter Nerona's perspective, 
I mean, there's, there's a growing backlash against um, lax prosecution of criminals around the country. Yeah. I mean, there's been this push to be easy and have no cash bail and let people out of prison, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're now reaping the harvest of these liberal policies. And this guy, this defendant, is like the poster child for yeah. the system not doing its job. Yeah. He's been let out. He's been on, you know, given um, suspended sentences. He hasn't been made to serve the time. He violates. He doesn't catch all the time. He violates again. Um, he's done just about the whole menu of criminal activity. He's stolen cars. He, he broke into Governor Raimondo's car. He broke car. into the governor's SUV, for crying out loud. He's committed B&Es. He's used stolen credit cards. He's um, he's committed a third-degree sexual assault, apparently. I mean, he's, run, he's done the whole smorgasbord of criminal conduct out there. And Morona's got a lot to answer for. How yeah. did his department, you know, in large part, let this guy keep... Uh, getting back on the street. Um, so will this become a political um, problem for uh, Mr. Morona? I mean, everything's a potential po political problem, but, you know, he's got he's to gotta release statements. He's got to get out front on this yeah. one because this is an embarrassment to the whole judicial and, um, you know, police law enforcement system. It's an embarrassment. Tim Dodd, and again, folks, you haven't seen it. I posted on petro.com his record. Tim, the jacket's like an inch thick, but all these suspended sentences. Um, I mean, you know, you and I talk each week, but there is like a, you know, you wonder, how is this guy even out on the street? He's definitely like a career criminal. It's one after another. And I also wanted to ask you, I also broke this morning. I put this also on Facebook, but he posted Hey, this is uh, 2018. I have to do 100 hours community service. If someone will uh, write a letter saying I did it for you, I'll pay you. Is that something that could come back to bite him, Tim Dodd? If they find that he did, in fact, fake the 100 hours of community service and then the person that, you know, that's committing fraud to provide a letter to, you know, whoever the courts to say, oh, yeah, he provided 100 hours of community service. Well, yes. If he got a if he got a phony letter about community service, then he defrauded the court, he defrauded probation, he defrauded the police department and the sentencing judge. And if any fool was stupid enough to give him such a phony letter, that person's subject to prosecution as well. Yep. One thing is, this guy has been under the radar, as you say. You know, when you when you put his criminal history. It's astonishing that he's still walking around in the streets, but he's now the poster child for all of this stuff. Yep. And I would presume and I would hope that he is going to get whacked pretty hard um, on the violation or violations that he is looking at. Um, you know, the court can use a certain amount of discretion. Uh, this guy can ask for a hearing, but one would hope that um, the judge who has this case would be on the... Um, heavier side of um, discretion and what he he or she could give this guy for uh, the violations that I believe have occurred with him. It's, 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 it's tragic, John. It's a tragic thing for this, this nice young lady. It seems like she was a great kid, a great student, an athlete, well-liked in the community, and she gets taken out by... Oh. 
God. This, I don't even want to say what I think of them. Yeah. Now, Tim Dodd, let me also, and again, folks, so speak with our legal expert. Um, now, Tim, I, I know there's different uh, elements of this. Number one, I, people, you know, there's a thing people want justice. He, I'm going to say, I mean, he's not going to get life in prison. He could get a tough sentence, but... It, should we read something? You know, he was sniveling in court and crying. I think of the first time we saw O.J. in court, if you remember. He had his head down. He could barely answer the judge. But then, you know, they kind of rebound. Like, this wasn't someone that came striding in, defiant, cocky, you know, waving to the family that were in the court. He, he was using a cane, he was sniffling, he was crying and the whole thing. Um, but, but Tim Dodd, I, I just, I wouldn't expect this case to, to go to trial. I mean, isn't this, like, doesn't this get pled out? It would more than likely get pled out specifically because of his uh, criminal uh, record, his previous criminal record. And we're just hopefully at the hopefully uh, presumably at the tip of the iceberg with what he might be putting out there on social media which might hurt his case yeah. the whole question is was there i mean clearly he was driving recklessly yeah. um people don't know it but there's cameras all over the highways so in this case i believe the state police were able to capture save and preserve um, video of this whole incident unfolding as many times that if they know there's a death and they get in touch with DOT promptly there's video um, surveillance all over the highways that people don't know about and I, I trust and I hope that they've got that footage um, because if it shows this guy behaving like we've been reading about um, that's another nail in his coffin and, you know, he goes into court and he's, he's on a cane and he's crying. Well, is he crying for the young lady whose life he took or is he crying for himself because he got caught? Right. Um, you know, and I, I wouldn't be presuming that he's crying because he took a life. I'm sure he's crying because he got caught and he knows he's now going to do some serious time. He's yeah. gamed the system for a long time and I think the jig is up. I think it is. Tim Dodd, I think he becomes, in a way, like our Willie Horton, and he's catching Nerona with an opponent in election year. And he is. Uh, Armis Segura is almost like, as you say, the poster boy of this is what happens with people that just kind of fall through the cracks and suspended sentence and things are put off. Now, Tim Dodd, before I let you go, um, you know, the big question, I think it's too early to tell, but a big question that people are asking me. And I don't know if we're prepared to, but just people are wondering right now, based on what we know, how how much time could someone like this be looking at? It's way early, but I would yeah. think um, for all of this, if the facts support what we all think occurred, tend to serve. Yeah. Tend to serve. So like 10 to 15, 10 to serve, something like that. Well, when you have a death like this and yeah. there's a DUI component, that's where you get into the 12 to 15, 15 to 18. If okay. they don't have the alcohol component, yeah. uh, but you do have some of this Facebook material, you have 10 to 12 years to serve. And uh, Tim Dodd, if, if, not to put you, but I would imagine right now, uh, State Police Nerona, they are... I mean, I you tell me, I think they're going through, number one, all the social media, but on top of that, tr 
trying to find ways to, you know, there's going to be maybe more weight put. You know, maybe there's a case that somebody knows that's unsolved or maybe there's something else. But, you know, two years here for this, two years there for that. I mean, it all starts to kind of add up. Um, but I, I think, Tim, this is this is a lot of eyes are on Pina Arona right now as to how how his office handles this. Yes, and this this defendant has made himself the the perfect target for the system, so to speak, to throw the book at him. Yeah, to give political cover for the people who need political cover, um, to give cover to prosecutors who perhaps didn't push hard enough, or you know the whole judicial system. You know, everyone's got some answering to do for how this all happened with this guy staying on the street so many times. I'm sure on each case, if you spoke to the court and you spoke to the prosecutors and defense counsel, there'd be good reasons for the outcomes that have occurred. But now you look at the end result and you look back in time and to the average person um, or to any person, it's just an outrageous situation that this dreadful person has been out on the street doing every imaginable crime and you know he takes the life of a young innocent girl who is just driving home it's just just unspeakably tragic folks again he is our legal expert he's the best attorney tim dodd tim great job as always thank you for taking the time obviously we're going to talk to you on thursday we also have that horrible incident uh twin river where not only did we find there was a crash and the driver another driver this time the driver fled the, the woman who was killed in the crash was his fiance and the guy driving it. And that was the Lincoln case. But we'll we'll uh, one at a time and we'll talk about that on Thursday. Thank you, Tim. Look, for, look forward to it, John. Take All care. right. Bye-bye. Thank you, folks. There he is. He is the best attorney. Tim.